on today's show, is Donovan Mitchell locked to be an all-star? Should Jared Allen be an all-star? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on today to get started. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerill. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always. Today's about the All-Stars. Today is about the Cleveland Cavaliers, and what kind of players on this team who could make All-Star games. Has it been disappointing that Evan Mobley and others have not been All-Stars? Tomorrow, we'll be looking at Cavs Nets. We'll be looking ahead at the upcoming schedule. And Friday, just so you guys know, we will, as soon as we can, Thursday, depending on the game, uh, when that goes, we will get you a Cavs Nets recap up. That's a 2 p.m. tip, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, We will get that recap up, depending on when I can get to the game, but we'll get you a recap up so you get immediate reaction to Cleveland in Paris as best we can. Um, But Evan, let's dive in to All-Stars. I start with Donovan Mitchell, and I'm not even trying to ask this trollingly. To you, is he a lock to be an All-Star? You know, I'd be surprised if he wasn't at this point. Um, I I know he had finished fourth in fan voting, but Either regardless of whether he's a starter or not, he is Cleveland's best scoring player. He is their most marketable name. I think he is their most impact player just because he has been playing so well, especially as of late. Like, yeah, he he is. I would say the lock to be an All Star for the Cavs for sure. East Guards is really competitive. Um. The East Guard situation, Robbie Callen wrote about this over at Diamond Uprocks, uh, a place I used to do some work at, and Robbie's great. Robbie's really smart, so and this was helpful for me as I started thinking about All-Stars. Here are just some of the East Guards that are going to be in, in the running. Um, this this is who he had in there. Starters, Maxine Lillard. Then you got Jalen Brunson, who I think has to be an All-Star. Hal Burton has to be an All-Star. Then it comes down to Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, and Derek White. I t- I would go Mitchell over Young. The Cavs are not obviously blowing teams out of the water, but I think Mitchell being on a winning team does matter. Trey Young just has these like really absurd counting stats. You know, he's averaging twenty seven. He's averaging like twenty eight a game right now. He's got big numbers on his side. Mitchell is I I think not been quite as overwhelmingly good on the whole as he was last year. He's averaging. You know, like about a point less per game. It's not much. I'm not. It's not mindling. You know, super super different. But Trey has like a slight edge on some of the counting stats. I would go Mitchell over him just based on wins and based on some of the overall body of work. But I think it's competitive, and I it doesn't feel like quite to me is locked in as a year ago. But I think Mitchell gets there. Then the question I think becomes bigs. And Evan, I understand how good Jared Allen has been of late. I don't think he's an all-star. 
I think this has gotten like a little. I I understand the the push, and I think you know market it if you're the team. Talk about it. it it's fun for us to discuss. I don't think he's actually an all star. There's a other names that I think have just been better. And again, this isn't just centers. This is front court players. So there's a lot of different kinds of players he's up against. And two, I just don't think on the whole he's been as good as he would need to be to actually be, I think, a legit full-on all-star case. Yeah, and I think to your point, like the the front court race makes it a, a lot murkier. Like he's competing with like Giannis, uh, Embiid, um, just like those two is like the the liners there for sure. Um, but like other than that, like you're, you're dealing just with the entire field at that point. Um, whether it is just um like bam out of bio or anybody else like you can make a case for a lot of players but like the the fact that it's just front court strictly um and like that's small forward um power forward and the center like there's like the small forward thing i didn't even think of see like jimmy butler jalen brown jason tatum um mikhail bridges is having a pretty good season for brooklyn um palo bancaro in orlando has been playing really well too like Wagner in Orlando. Like it's just the the field gets very muddy unless like the NBA just comes out tomorrow and says like okay, center is separate from guards and front court and it used to be a case maybe a couple years ago, I think maybe over 5 years ago at this point, but it's just the reality of the situation. I think like he is putting together a pretty solid year. Maybe he has like an inside shot if like a bunch of NBA coaches seem to agree with like whatever JB Bickerstaff or Donovan Mitchell or even Isaac Okoro are saying like publicly to the media and like maybe they just recognize the fact that he has been playing very well especially without Mobley and Garland but uh yeah like just from the outside looking in there's limited spots of it available for the all-star teams to begin with there's five starters I believe eight reserves and there's only so many bodies that can go around just because the front court is three separate positions that are all jockeying for a spot on the all-star here are the names uh, that Robbie wrote out here that I, I think are, are just kind of worth diving into. Embiid, Giannis, Tatum, Jalen Brown, who I feel a little less sure about than he does in this case, Paolo Bancaro, Bam Adebayo, Scotty Barnes, who's been awesome this year and is, again, a frontcourt player. Then you get into Jimmy Butler. How's Julius say, Randall. Where is, where's, where's the butt, man? Just has been hurt, missed some time. Julius Randle's in there. For, yeah, Wagner's in there, and Porzingis is in there. You have guys that are having, I think, have had overall better years, guys that are on slightly better teams. It's just going to be really hard. It would have been hard for Evan Mobley, who we'll talk about in the next segment, if he was healthy too. It is just very, very possible to me, Evan, that the Cavs end up with one all-star and it's Donovan Mitchell. Like that, like it's a it's a cry from a couple of years ago and they had three. Obviously, they only had the one last year as well, and that was Mitchell, but it felt a little bit different because the team was doing well and all that stuff. This year it's just it's gonna it's gonna be Mitchell there in his own. Garland won't be there, Mobley won't be there. I don't think Allen's gonna get there unless he just continues this run for like another month and it's just so overwhelming that it gets him in there. I just don't think I'm there yet with him. More on that on, on yesterday's show if you want some more Jared Allen and and, and what he is right now talk, but I think this feels like a one all-star team and that feels like that feels right to me all things considered i agree and do you think that is because it's because of injuries on court play or 
a combination of both things. And I think it's, for me, at least a combination of both things. I think it, it's always a combination of, of these things, right? Like, it is, it is both the fact that they are in a situation where they've had a bunch of guys miss time. They have had guys that I don't think played up to what I thought they could do. I think Mobley and, and Garland in particular both kind of had not the, the years that I think I was hoping before they got hurt or, or years that I would have hoped. I mean, Garland, you know, assists were down a little bit, um, you know, shooting well from the field overall, but not shooting as well as he ever has from three turnovers a little bit up. Like there, there's just some stuff there where like, it's not quite the ascendant seasons you might have expected. And that I think has parlayed into the fact that the team hasn't succeeded in the same way. That team isn't as good as I think people expected. And then you look at, like, if we're in a world where we're winning for this in some way, Evan, like, the Celtics are the first team since the Hawks of a couple, you know, I think 14-15 that got four All-Stars, where, like, maybe their success just gets them four All-Stars. And, like, okay, well, does, I would get that. Does their success get their entire starting five Eastern Conference Player of the Month honors? Talk to me when they Derek White's that. actually just, it's just Derek White five times. I say this as as a member of the Derek White is Awesome Club, and Derek White is the king well, of well, the NBA welcome players. Welcome to that the gang. Bald, I, I have been here since he was in Colorado. <laughs> okay, well, he's he's my bald king. He's great. We're bald. Yeah, he's got... Shave your head, fellas. It's good for you. All right, coming up next. Is it disappointing that Evan Mobley... I know he's hurt, but is it disappointing that didn't feel like he was taking that step up? What caused it? Where? What's What's going on there? Let's talk about that up next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is over, but the playoffs are here, and there's time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's, again, $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and that's their best way to find popular parlays, and much, much more. They'll have Cavs Nets odds. They'll have Cavs Browns odds. They'll have anything you could want across the sporting board on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. Again, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's dive into disappointment. Evan, I'll ask you this open-ended question. Evan Mobley, I think we can all say, was not having the exact kind of year people wanted them to, or wanted him to have, I should say. Is it to you disappointing that before the injury, we did not see an Evan Mobley that, that was growing in a massive way that felt like a star leap was happening in front of us? So I'll give this with a... Yeah, I thought we saw more of it when, and it's weird because we're seeing a lot of Jared Allen thriving, um, at least on offense. And I think defense, they've certainly taken a step back without Mobley. But when those two aren't playing together and they are like the primary hub as like that, what the Cavs want to use their bigs to do, I saw those like flashes from Mobley. There was moments that were maybe he box score wise doesn't make a huge huge impact but 
Yeah, I would say just in terms of maybe the weight of expectations, they certainly broke um, things down for me a little bit just because I was expecting quite a bit more i'd say like whether it's the three-point shot which is something i watched him practice incessantly at shoot around and practices and everything and something the Cavs have talked about for almost two years now or like the playmaking stuff is still there and i think it's still a work in progress it's not perfect like his handle's still pretty loose like i don't know if i would be 100 percent comfortable with him like regularly bringing the ball up in transition um and then like the defense it's always there and it's gotten much much better i think the fact that He's gotten so much better at defending at a multifaceted level without fouling is incredibly underrated what Evan Mobley brings to the table. But I would say, and the question I poised last segment was kind of with him in mind. I think maybe Garland too, but more so Mobley. Like this knee injury was just such suboptimal timing because there was a lot of questions about what he was in his third year, what he could be. And like, there was moments it was kind of felt like, okay, we're starting to get a better idea of it. He's starting to find maybe his comfort in this new systems. JP Bickerstaff is trying to utilize, but looking ahead, like it's murky for me because I don't know how he's going to look post knee surgery. And I, I know modern medicine makes it better, but like big men with knee injuries, give me pause. So or an injury history rather gives me pause, but you have to just kind of take it game by game and kind of have a clear understanding of what he is. Like again, superstar defensively, still unrefined offensively, and I'm kind of waiting for the offense to still catch up to at least catch up, like maybe be in the rearview mirror of what his defensive game is. Yeah, I, I think for me. There's definitely disappointment because I I think you've seen someone like Scotty Barnes in Toronto has taken this really big leap. That's, that has that's, not happened. The, really have to hold a candle too and go, man. Yeah, and I still would rather I think have Mobley. I love when Mobley is. I love the upside for him, but it hasn't fully happened for him in the way you might have liked. I think you go beyond that, and I and there's there's a. There's a thought in my brain, Evan, a little bit about, okay, how did we get here with Mobley? And that, to me, is the more interesting question to some degree, just because I I am someone who really likes getting into the process of things. I like getting into, okay, how did this happen? Not always just what it is, because I think you can learn something from how it happened. With Mobley, I've thought a little bit about the differences in how Chet was brought along and how Victor Weminyama, in some ways, is being brought along. The Cavs have not thrown Mobley... And look, they're not one-to-one prospects, all that stuff. But the Cavs have not thrown Mobley to the deep end in the way that the Thunder have with Chet and just not really having a center to support him. And the and the, the Spurs are starting through by realizing Victor Wembanyama is just a five. There, I, the numbers on lineup data with Mobley, the five certainly last couple of years have had some ups and downs. They, they've struggled on defense in some way. But I think there's a world where you can learn something more about Mobley, and he would have been pushed in a way that might have been good for him that we haven't gotten to see. There is a world where Mobley is just thrown into that deep end, and maybe the team is a little bit worse at the start as a result, but he might have been better off for it in some ways. And Again, you get Jared Allen, I get it, you got him for cheap, cheap price, all that stuff. But there is, to me, something that 
could that is just lost in the fact that he wasn't exactly thrown down all the way into the deep end in a way that might have brought something different out of him that we've seen to date. Yeah. And I think, like you said, the not throwing in the deep end thing is an interesting thing. I think especially with Scotty, um, like as my just person I think about or player rather, um, the way Toronto uses him, like they are first off, like full steam ahead, committed to the idea and principle that like our offense, defense, the our entire game plan runs through Scotty Barnes. Whereas for Evan Mobley, like he gives you a lot of good things, whether it's offense, defense. But he doesn't maybe have the opportunities Barnes does, or like just you know the the, the first optionness of what Barnes has, just because like he is sharing the floor with Mitchell and Garland, and that's not a slight against how the Cavs have built this team. Like I think they have done a very good job drafting and developing talent, and also just being in the right place in the right time to go get a superstar shooting guard. But I, I am curious to look at how this team builds and flushes out. Like I think to me it's starting to become clear that like Mobley's just not going to become like a three point shooter and going forward. Like, do you want to throw him to the fire? a la Chet or like Wemby and just play like center exclusively. And you find a stretcher four to put next to him or the problem is like, how do you kind of find that to kind of keep you in that win now position that you are already are in now? So it's a weird tightrope walk. The Cavs are walking right now. Um, I again, we talked about this in like the stock up, stock holding episode, but I want to see what this team looks like with this kind of like really locked in Jared Allen and a post surgery Evan Mobley to kind of have an understanding of this partnership and just where Mobley stands. But for now, like I kind of throw up my hands and go, I have to wait and see. And I think just trying to be patient for it does eat at you a little bit because you, you kind of want to see it now because at least for me, I had a really high expectations from Mobley coming into the season. Can the way we talked about this a little bit the other day, but just to ask very bluntly the question, because we I don't think we really did on that show. Sure. Can can the Cavs have Jared Allen the way he's playing right now play with Evan Mobley? Can those two guys coexist in a real way? I mean, you could say yes until the cows come home or have moments where it works but like that is an internal thing like is Mobley willing to swallow his a little bit and be the 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 number two to Jared Allen after being being, you know I don't want to say propped up or you know at least put on a pedestal as like the franchise's savior and like Jared Allen certainly was not put in that spot um and I kind of have to wait and see like I want to say yes but I, I'm waiting to see again. Like I know it's a cop out in a sense, but like, I want to see like five to ten games of it, especially when Mobley's maybe not on a minutes restriction, just to have an idea of like, okay, the Cavs are fully leaning into the Allen tank versus no, they're going to really try and empower Evan Mobley and they're going to limit what the good, the, a lot of the good Jared Allen did for them. What what about you? I don't know if you can have Jared Allen do the stuff he's doing right now when it's him and That's, Evan Mobley. It, it, it's so tricky to like think about it because <clears throat> they just op- they need to operate in the same spaces. Like it comes down to the fact that oftentimes they need to operate in the same spaces. And I, unless one of them suddenly can shoot threes or you figure like I, I am just highly skeptical that you can have them play the way Jared Allen's playing together. And that to me is there. There's something there where you're it's the easiest evolution of this team in some ways remains the Jared Allen trade. 
that's tricky. It's complicated. I'm not trying to trade him tomorrow if I'm Cleveland because you'd be getting tough value back from him. There's just no way around it. But there is something to be figured out there that I'm waiting to figure out. It feels like the way Jared's playing, Evan comes back, resolution to some some finite answers. Just I think we're going to know a little more, um, and, and especially if the team has higher aspirations to some degree to evolve this and keep building on a big thing. All right, after this, let's look ahead to 2025. What Cavs on the roster right now, whether they're on the team or not, looking at you, Donovan Mitchell, are going to be all-star caliber players in 2025, not just at all-star weekends. What players on the team right now have the upside to be an all-star a year from now? We'll do that conversation after this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you fully finally organized part of your space and want to tackle another. Maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy can help you find your strengths. You can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online. It is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Therapy has been a lifesaver. It has been something that has really helped me be grounded and find the best version of myself, and perhaps BetterHelp can be that for you too. Celebrate the progress you have already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA for 10% off your first month. That is better. H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on N-B-A. Again, that's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp with our code locked on N-B-A. All right, Evan, 2025. All-star game. What Cavs to you will be all-star caliber players next year what players do you think have a chance to be in the running to make an all-star team this time next year well we don't quite know what the obvious answers future is of this team so i would i want to say darius garland with the heavy asterisks on whether or not he's healthy that that's kind of my answer for me right now because we don't know what the future hold quite future holds, excuse me, quite yet between Mitchell and the Cavs. Well, I'm just saying, let's count him. I'm saying, I said this. Okay, so we're going to count him the, in, like, then Mitchell, but, then Garland, so let's with just, heavy asterisks. So let's just say, yeah, let's just assume Mitchell is on the team. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not just saying, asking this in the sense of, like, okay, what has to go right? That's a conversation for future Chris and future Evan and, and all that. I'm asking who has a chance. I think there are three players that have a, would have a chance to be an all-star next year. I don't think... I think it's too early just to say, like, Evan Mobley can't, fig, like, take a leap forward and be an all-star in year four. That, to me, is selling Evan Mobley short. I think he's on that list. I think Donovan Mitchell absolutely is on, on that list. He is still going to be in the prime of his career next season. This is someone who is in the prime of his career right now. He's still be 28. Very well should think he's going to sustain something like the level of play we see in the last couple of years from him in the next season. And, I, and Darius Garland can do too. This guy made an all-star game two years ago. He is still, he's still in his mid, he's 24 right now. 
I'd say he will, he's he, top five in his position in the conference, right? Yeah. He so he will be twenty four in uh, at the end of this month. He will be twenty five when you get to the full on voting next year. He's really good at his position. It is certainly a stacked position at guard in the backcourt. There's Trey. There's Tyrese Halliburton. There's there's Donovan Mitchell. There's Jalen Brunson. Like it is loaded. We talked about this when he made his first Oscar game. Sometimes it can just be hard for guys to slip in. But I took Mike Conley forever and was past his prime, and Mike Conley's still kicking, for him to get into an All-Star game. It is not always a perfect encapsulation of how good a guy is, but I think there's a world where there's three guys that are on this roster next year that are good enough to make an All-Star game. I'm not ruling out Darius Garland. I'm certainly not ruling out Evan Mobley, and Donovan Mitchell is going to be in his prime. All the, the pessimism you can have about the Cavs, I think a lot of it is very fair. It's still possible they have three players at that level going into next year, and that is something. That is something they can at least work with. And if you want to have optimism, it's the fact that they have three guys that are really good. And if Mitchell does go, you still have two guys that that have have all-star potential and all-star caliber play in them. I think you could make an argument for Jared Allen as well. Just, you know, we, we had the conversation. I think the field makes it harder. And I think that's the nice thing with how Cleveland has built this team, whether it's through drafting or trading for Mitchell, or I should have mentioned Allen earlier too. It's always weird to think that the, it feels so long ago when the Cavs traded for him, but either way, like on paper, Cleveland has three to four all-star caliber players on their roster at the beginning of every season. As long as, you know, Mitchell is here, of course. And then like you said, if Mitchell's gone, it's two to three all-star caliber players on their roster to start a season. Um, other than that, it, it just it really depends on individual success. I think team success does play a factor, especially when it comes to like the reserve voting. Um, Donovan talks about this a lot. I think the fact that the Cavs are outside of him, like such a soft smoke, spoken team, and they don't aren't really like on the cameras a lot, or kind of like just you know making proclamations or having like the flashiest plays most nights like Mitchell is a dude who is in commercials he is he has his own shoe line with Adidas like he is a very popular player from his time in Utah and has only gotten even more popular in his time with Cleveland I'd say um like I think he'll always have just like the the name brand appeal to open it and then it just kind of depends on like how this team pans out like if they're healthy yeah I think Garland is number two in this race, and then Mobley three, Allen four. Um, but health is like the biggest factor. And then also just how's the rest of the how are things going rather for the rest of the Eastern Conference, especially now that Adam Silver's broken up the draft format when it comes to um how teams are picked for the All-Star. We're gonna end there. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Darmel. Thanks again to Jake Stevens. As always, we'll be back at you ahead of tomorrow's Cavs game. In Paris, Cavs Nets will preview that game, look ahead at the Cavs' upcoming schedule, and more than we'll have a recap of that game up, obviously, late on Thursday night to get you ready into the weekend. I'm Chris Manning. That's Evan Damrell. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.